G'day guys, welcome to this fortnight's Crypto Catch-Up. I'm Pat. Uh, I'm Tommy. And we're here to fill in the blanks for you. What's been happening the last two weeks in crypto? Filling in the blanks. That's a good way to put it. The blanks are about to be filled in, Pav. We have some activity in the market again, which is very exciting. How good is it? It's uh, very much a breath of fresh air into what's been very stagnant last couple of months. Um, So we'll unpack that in a little bit. But just to start, I guess we'll just give a high-level overview of what we've got to chat about today. So as always, we'll give our little hot take on where the markets are and what we're sort of seeing happening on our end uh eth outperforming bitcoin and also other assets performing well in the eth ecosystem i think you know we touched on it a fortnight ago it'd be good to just revisit that one again and just flippening are we are we going to go back to the flippening no shh, shh, shh. Okay. sorry sorry too much I'm giving it away yeah sorry all right gonna keep go. gonna keep people in going <laughs> um, the blackrock and coinbase partnership so there's some pretty pretty big news there other than that we're just gonna run over some big movers in the market for the last two weeks which has been quite a few so we'll sort of deep dive into that and sort of share any trends that we're seeing in there but a few nice little trends emerging that we're kind of keeping our eye on which is be good to unpack absolutely but mate let's get into it i know we can't wait to do it how we feeling mate how's the markets looking on your end well i mean you know we always we always open talking about bitcoin right so this time it's Ethereum. We we obviously have to cover Ethereum. We've we talked about it in the last podcast. It's had an amazing run. What's the what's the percentage on it for the last thirty days or or two yeah, weeks? It's about fifty percent in the month yeah. or months to date or not months. Well, obviously not months to date. Yeah, but yeah, fifty percent. I mean that's you know considering the market we've just gone through sideways, choppy and down essentially for the last you know eight months, right? So this is obviously good news and it, not to call it too early, but it definitely seems like there is a bit of a, um, a slight reversal happening in the market at the moment. Of course, the minute I say that, you know, things will go to shit again. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, yeah, it's definitely, I guess, something to highlight. Bitcoin's been doing well. I think as we're recording, Bitcoin's touching on 24K yep. USD as well, which is pretty much the highest we've seen it since it dropped down past that, right? It hasn't it hasn't come back up to retest that, that Ex- high, so... Yeah, the last time we were up anywhere near close to this was about the start of June, which, you know, on a calendar, it doesn't look like it was that far away. To me, feels like it was a long time ago. But yeah, I agree. Like, you could easily, you know, if you remove all bias from it and you're looking at the market very objectively, we are seeing higher highs and higher lows. So that's textbook definition of a trend changing. It's until that structure breaks and we start to see any lower highs or lower lows, you could argue that we could be in for a test of the downside. So I know there's a lot of commentators in the space sort of pegging that we will revisit that 18 to 20,000 US dollar mark. But at the same time, there's, it almost seems like we've always covered it in the past. Whenever everyone's too bearish, that's usually that's, right. that's usually yeah. when the market goes the other way. And when everyone's too bullish, that's usually when the market goes bearish. So, so much accumulation under 20K. Yeah. Like everyone talks about what the next level is. Like when it drops to X price, I'm going to buy, right? And then yep. it obviously keeps decreasing as the market drops with it but i think there genuinely is a lot of mm. buy pressure under that 20k mark you know our previous bull runs kind of all-time high so you know i think that's one that we've watched for quite a while and yep. it's kind of shown pretty decent support one caveat to the whole thing mm. volume the yep. volume is not at levels that we would i guess expect you know a new run to kick off like you know full yep. on full on run right um but definitely definitely showing so- a lot stronger recently yeah and i guess to build on that too usually when you do see price go sideways for quite a while it generally tells a story that there is again like tommy mentioned accumulation that's generally the, the way it goes but i guess what would be a more worrying sign is if we did go down in the fashion we did and 
jump up too quickly. Like that would almost be something to be more of concerned about. But, you know, if you're, if you're simply a person that's playing at level to level, like obviously everyone's got their eyes on where we are now. We've got that 18 to 20K range. And then the next level you're probably looking at was prior support, uh, be about 28 to 29,000 US dollars. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks just to see what direction this whole market takes because we know if Bitcoin goes up 20%, yep. there'll be some altcoins absolutely flying. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We've already seen it, right? Even in the last... 48 hours we've seen you know all kinds ripping by 20 percent plus bitcoins you know up kind of seven or eight percent right yep. so you know it, it just when it happens it just happens so quickly like That's we've it. seen it a million times before yep. and you know nobody expects it when people are most bearish like you said is usually when when something different happens that's it. And um, it's not an exact science, but the general flow of money, you know, be it crypto, be it regular equities markets, like, again, not financial advice, but we do generally tend to see the high performers initially be in the high caps, and then that yeah. flows into your lower, lower, more smaller market caps. And obviously, some of those lower caps can be very minuscule market caps. So when they do get a bit of money flowing into them, they're massive percentage gains. So again, it, it can be a bit hard to call it. But that's where doing your own research and being thorough is a good practice. And our learn platform at SwiftX can give you all the tools you need to sort of get started on how to do your own research and that Absolutely. sort of thing. Yeah. We got some key dates to talk about as well, Pat. We do. We do. So I want to make everyone aware, like we always talk about the macro picture here. So September 20th to 21st is the next meeting that the US Fed are having to decide on what the interest rate situation is going to be moving forward and the eventual cash rate. So we've seen that they've stuck to their guns lately. And, you know, some people will still say this rally we're having is a bit of a disbelief rally in the sense that we've still seen an increase in interest rates, yet the markets are are bouncing. Like, it it just seems a bit strange to a lot of people. So just more reasons that we don't know what to expect right now. But I think the other key thing I wanted to point out that's very, very close to that 20th to 20th date, that's a bit more close to home for crypto, uh, ETH merge. So that's pegged in to be around the 19th of September. So are we confident on that date? We're never confident on an ETH. 2.0 2.0 merge date. <laughs> there's, but, yeah, it's a lot to take in, right? Like, there's nothing to say this could influence price. But I mean, if you're simply working off what information could be a catalyst for reactions yeah. in the market, I think that mid to late September, everyone should maybe just be paying a little bit more extra attention. Is everyone just pricing it in now as well? It's like, is this is this what we're seeing now? Like, the market more widely is obviously on you know having a bit of upside you know eat is outperforming is it due to this upcoming merge and will it be priced in usually people say <laughs> it's priced in well in advance of the actual event and by the time you hit the day it's too late if you're trying yeah. to get involved in right so very much um, few yeah. few things i think we we call it out in the last podcast yep. you know everything around that eat ecosystem has you know been doing pretty well recently so hats off to you pav for calling that one <laughs> it was a group effort <laughs> yeah um, a lot of people in the space i think just saw it coming as an opportunity um i think just to quickly touch on it for those people that didn't catch the last episode there is the recent move that ethereum would be moving from a proof of work to a proof of stake model so what that means generally less fees for the users more capacity to do transactions just a bit more ownership of the ecosystem amongst a large group of people instead of just a few people and i guess on that note i think tommy you were mentioning to me just earlier the yeah there are a couple of validator nodes that may not want to join the party. Yeah, that's right. A couple of key validators based in China, I believe, have kind of came out and said that, you know, they're not keen. <laughs> um, you so know, on, on that point, just for those people that don't know, it is a vote, so you have to opt in, essentially. Yeah. So, Yeah, that's yeah. right. So so essentially, like, you know, the the miners are out of pocket. This Absolutely. this is not, a, you know, so it's, it's incentivized by their own self-interest. Mm. 
which is fine. But, you know, back in 2016, with the EAT already had a hard fork for, you know, from Ethereum to yeah, Ethereum Classic. Yeah. Now they're saying that potentially there's another hard fork coming from Ethereum to another version of a hard fork because these miners don't want to. But I think the general consensus across the ecosystem is that, you know, most people are on board. And I know Vitalik kind of came out and said that he's not stressed about yeah, okay. uh, the, the size of the validators or the, you know, the kind of small cohort that are saying they're not going to support it so yeah, okay. uh, it's a bit of a bit of a nothing but at the same time it's going to be interesting to watch to see if if there is a fork like it could very well happen you know what's the token that spins off that usually these kind of people are just trying to capitalize on a hype event like the merge and and it's you know kind of a could be a kind of a pump and dump type scenario but you know who knows yeah we're, we're gonna find out soon it looks That's like right but yeah, essentially just all of this change results in essentially a lot of this Ethereum to be locked away. So removed from market, participants can't be bought, can't be sold. So, you know, it, it's sort of being pegged that this sort of supply shock is what's led to a lot of the volatility and the price moving up because there's less around for people to want able to buy. But what we have seen interesting, I guess, I think Tommy, again, hats off to you, you call this. The, the ETH ecosystem was one to watch in a sense, and we've seen a lot of DeFi projects based in the Ethereum landscape start to move. So I'll touch on a, quite a few of them towards the end of the podcast, but uh, one that we did see Lido DAO, which essentially allows people to stake their Ethereum without the need to lock it up to be a part of this merge. That DAO's now up about 262% uh, yeah. in the last 30 days, which is huge. But again, just playing on that narrative that, People want to get access to this, but they don't necessarily want to lock up their ETH and still have a flexible term on their assets. So a lot of value being seen in that particular project at the moment. But, and uh, do your own research if you are looking at that asset because it has yeah. pumped 262%, yep. which tells you maybe it's going to retrace. Nobody yep. knows, but you know, do your own research if you are having a look at assets within that ecosystem as well, based on their kind of performance over, you know, 30 days, 60 days kind of kind of scenario. 100%. And I think um, a couple of other themes that we wanted to point out as well in terms of assets performing well in this Ethereum ecosystem is a lot of the layer twos. So again, if you're not sure what these are, plenty of content that we've put out there and even on the Swift Excellent platform that you can jump into to understand what they are. But essentially, if I had to sum it up in a nutshell, you've got Ethereum, if you think of that as the spine of the system, uh, you've got layer twos such as Optimism, which recently launched and things like Polygon or Matic. They run basically in parallel on top of that network. So almost like little super highways on top of a main highway. Yep. So it basically offers a lot of things for, I guess, uh, users. It allows people to escape congestion on the Ethereum network, allow to sort of have more speed and capacity by just basically taking these little shortcuts to cheaper move around. Fees, cheaper fees, which cheaper is what fees, everyone worries about. More throughput, all that sort of stuff. Um, Somatic in itself is up 90% in the last month, moving in tandem with the Ethereum and the latest move. Uh, and Optimism, which is a recently launched chain, up 246%, which is more of a newcomer to the space. But this is, I guess, what uh, I know we've talked about it in previous podcasts. We talk about themes. We talk about things moving as a group. It's just been a very interesting one, I guess, to see unfold in front of us. It generally happens like that. Like, look at yeah. look what happened the last year. NFTs kicked off. Correct, yeah. The year before that, DeFi kicked off. Like, it's kind of, they do tend to move as a group like you said. So, you know, if you can be quick on the draw and, and identify what those projects are, well, then that's where people do some kind of shorter term trading. Mm. It, it all comes down to your own individual strategy, which is really interesting. And it's something that I haven't seen for quite a while, which I was... It's right. Hey. You know, yeah. when you're talking about optimism, yeah. like, I just look, I was looking at the chart earlier yesterday and it's at an all-time high. <laughs> so I was like, geez, I haven't seen anything at an all-time high for a while. And, you know, you look yes. at the performance indicators and and, you know, 
it's in this market it's like how much has the asset you're looking at gone down from its all-time high but this one was at all-time high so it's like yep. a bit of an outlier but obviously it's only launched in the bear market so you know you know you could say you could say the only way is up to, to kick it off but you know that's where it sits at the moment Matt, I would say this is probably the biggest story of the last three months mm. is uh, is our next topic, which is BlackRock and Coinbase, which for anyone that doesn't know, BlackRock essentially are the world's largest asset managers, manage around 20 trillion with a T <laughs> um, in their portfolio. They've just recently inked a deal with Coinbase, basically users of their Aladdin platform, which is one of the platforms within their ecosystem, now have access to crypto. So this is, you know, obviously a decent size pool of assets, now having exposure to crypto, obviously high net worth individuals, institutions, these are the kind of clients that they have. So I think this is an absolutely massive story. And I know it's been kind of covered well in the news, but you couldn't really go past it without highlighting it. Especially where we are in the market, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, everyone's about the confidence is down. Like these, these are the kind of stories that that really, I guess, reignite that confidence. And yeah, like why would they be doing that yeah. if this was all over? Exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. users essentially anyway would get access to Coinbase, Coinbase trading, custody, prime brokerage and reporting, which is obviously very important for like institutions as they get involved. The key takeaway from this is obviously institutional interest is there. Yep. We talked about it before, institutions buy in bear markets, not in the top of the bull run, yeah. right? So, yep. you know, it kind of just another signal that these players are interested, they're watching, they're staying involved, and, you know, they're looking for opportunity. You know, like businesses, like the institutions going around scooping up smaller businesses, it's the same thing with these crypto assets that they see. They want to get them in their portfolio at very low mm. or, you know, what perceived as cheaper value, prices right? and value. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Coinbase itself obviously have had a shocking year. So I think that was, you know... Uh, Crypto being down, Coinbase is obviously exposed. They are an exchange, 60% down the year. They actually rose 22% on the back of the BlackRock announcement. So that was, you know, a big turn there for them. So they'll be, um, you know, I don't think they'll be singing from the rooftops just yet, but it's but it's definitely, um, yeah, bullish news in the space. And I guess to finish that connection, BlackRock did actually launch like a crypto exposed ETF back in April. So the signal of intent was there and that actually have a, a sizable kind of allocation to, to Coinbase stock itself. So I think that's a really big story and one that, you know, most people will be on board with us saying that it is a bullish story for the space and hopefully good for us in the in the long term. Yeah, it definitely sort of paints that picture as are the big boys waiting for that one more leg down that we talked about or is it all priced in like this i think we're in for a pretty awesome next one to two quarters just to see where the price ends up at yeah. the end of the year and just see what the sentiment shift looks like because yeah you know they always talk about what conversations you're having at the christmas dinner table yeah yeah i wonder if we're going to be crypto again talking about crypto again at the it dinner was table. it was funny i hang out with some mates on the weekend and they were asking me more crypto questions which mm. they never do yeah. So I wonder if people are kind of... Oh, we never checked the fear and greed index. I bet you it's already gone back up to 50. Well, the chat at the barbecue index is up at all-time highs. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an indicator in itself. I mean, you know, I think so. I talked about the McDonald's um, burger price a few weeks ago. Yeah, so. Burgonomics, you know. So Catch that episode if you didn't listen to it. It was very insightful. Move on to the market movers that we've seen for the last two weeks specifically. So again, we mentioned DeFi was a bit of a theme. Wing Finance, for all those Wing Finance fans, up about 168% in the last fortnight. And funnily enough, Wi-Fi, up 76%. So Wi-Fi was like one of the, I guess, founders of the whole DeFi space to begin yep. with. So uh, I need to catch up on what's happening there. So maybe I'll have something to report next episode. Yeah, I mentioned to the other day that the original like DeFi protocols are yep. actually holding up pretty well. Like, actually, you did, like just, Aave, Compound. Yeah, Aave, Compound. No hacks, guys, right? 
No. No hacks at all. No hacks. Yeah. They're actually doing what they were designed to do. Yeah. The reason people wouldn't have used them as much was because you had 50% unstable coins offered over here, 100% over here, and then Aave and Compound, and these platforms had like what you would call reasonable rates, which were yeah. like, you know, four, five, six percent, right? Yeah, so that's why yeah. people were kind of shift away to them. Because everyone saw Celsius and they saw 10, 11%, like, oh, that's easy. I just yeah. send it there and it does it for me. Without understanding the risk, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's yeah. all about, you know, it goes back to education, goes yep. back to doing your due diligence on before you stick your money into it. So, um, yeah. And then obviously on, on the Celsius topic. Yeah, it's funny. It's up 109% in the last 30 days. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely nothing makes sense. They they recently released a list of 6,000 pages of creditors as part of that kind of court case. I don't know if it was leaked or not, but anyway, it was out there and you could control effort and check to see if your name is on it, if you're one of those people that were you know exposed to Celsius. But again... Just not a great story, but you know, this is this is where it's gone. You know, why are people investing in sell? Are they expecting them to turn it around? I don't know. Personally, I think it's just kind of a, a symptom of the market kind of change in sentiment that we're seeing, to be honest. And, yep. and obviously sell sell token itself was kicked pretty hard for obvious reasons. So. Absolutely sold to the depths yep. that it is. And CryptoPunks have an NFT in Tiffany's. 50,000 US dollars if you want to get one of those. So check it out, guys. If you want to check out Tiffany's and NFTs, just search that. But, um, you know. Yeah, is there a referral, wouldn't, referral code? Wouldn't be, wouldn't be for me. No, not, not for you. Wouldn't be for me. But, you know. Anyway. Everybody, each to their own. Each to their own. <laughs> I thought it'd be good to me just, I guess, as we're wrapping up here, just, uh, I know we've talked about Ethereum being a pretty big play lately and just i guess that whole ecosystem there are a few opportunities that i guess have moved on what would you say you're personally keeping an eye on at the moment without giving financial advice well listen i'll frame it this way oh yeah we think the market's going to come into some volatility exchanges thrive in volatility what i'm watching at the moment is exchange tokens in particular i actually want to mention cryptorank.io is a is a, a platform good that we use good yeah. resource to kind of follow what your crypto assets are doing, like in terms of percentage, a bit of charting, things like that. Split up into categories. I like that. Yeah. Just yeah. Split them up. So the category that I'm kind of watching there is the blockchain infrastructure token watch list, which you can find on CryptoRank. Basically has a list of the exchange tokens and what they're doing, but you can very quickly see that that trend is starting to emerge. Now, could be completely wrong, but it's something that we're watching. When volatility and more volume comes into the space, the DeFi and centralized exchanges usually start to do some things. Some of them have tokens, some of them don't. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm watching. What, what do you reckon yourself? Yeah, I, I think for the same reasons. Like it just, again, like everyone tries to sort of think of crypto as this magical universe where nothing makes sense. Sometimes there is a thread through things and like something quite simple like volatility. Like I would say if we get volatility, currently I would also be looking at potentially yeah. those exchange tokens as well. So not one in particular, but yeah, it'd be about doing my own research, seeing where there's potential value. What, you know, for example, hasn't quite moved in terms of market cap compared to the other competitors in the space. You know, what is the ranking in terms of users across those? Like, that's all stuff you can get from aggregators like CoinRank yeah. to understand how many people use exchanges. Yeah, it's interesting to watch these exchanges. Like, the way I kind of think about it is it's the closest thing to investing in, like, equity in a business. Mm in the crypto space is like buying the token of X business, right? Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like buying equity in, in a business, you know, when you kind of forecast 
they're going to get a lot more business or they're going to do a lot more trading, right? So that's the way I kind of look at it. Like, it's not just, I'm not just plucking it out of the sky. Like, there is a bit of theory behind it, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think the, the biggest shout out is, you know, we really want to see this volatility start to show itself and continue, I guess you could say, if anything else. But yeah, I think it's a great shout in terms of where to, where to spend a bit of time, 11 p.m. in bed, <laughs> uh, just make sure your browser's dark in dark mode, dark so mode. don't get yeah. the missus upset. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been absolutely fantastic again, catching up. Pavar, actually really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah. Um, it's good, good to have something good to talk about. It right? is. It is. It is. A bit of difference in the market where we're talking about maybe we've hit this slight reversal. We'll obviously stay tuned and you guys can call us out on us being wrong about it in, in two weeks' time when we come back on. But <laughs> that's where we're at. We'll be back having a chat again and, and framing it for you guys up. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining and we'll catch you next time. See you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 